Hi, this is Jacob Bellamy, host of the Fan Fictitious podcast. Just here to let you know that the following podcast contains adult themes, strong language, the death of the bourgeoisie, and you should call your mother sometime. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Fan Fictitious podcast, the show where each week... I scour the internet for the finest of fan fiction, write my own disturbing story, and invite on a man, or is it a Muppet, to try and tell the difference. And today's funny little creature on the back of a hand is Samuel Bellamy again. Samuel, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm okay. I'm glad that uh, you referenced the song with an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Makes me feel quite special. You are. I think last, like, the last one was like a chimney sweep or something. You said uh, that Dan. was for Dan. Yeah. yeah, I'd mix it up every time because it's a bit of fun. I know, but I'm feeling a bit special. That song, that's a bit of a banger. So. Well, I'm glad you're feeling special because today we're doing something very, very special, close to my heart and I think close to yours, because today's topic for the Mighty Fan Fictitious podcast is Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, my my guy. My dude, my fella. Yeah, well, my guy's Edgeworth more. More than Phoenix. We have, let's say, and establish and make clear a special relationship with Phoenix Wright because we did not experience the games in the normal way you experience them. It was lockdown 2020 and and myself, my good Samuel, um, our sister and then my girlfriend all played through these games together communally and did funny voices for everybody. Yes, we did. We sat around the, the television like it was... A show you'd watch each week, but we were the actors. Mm-hmm. It was quite, it was quite entertaining. It was, and we, I think we did a good job. And that's also going to be prefacing. There's going to be some accents which don't make any sense to anyone else. Oh dear. <laughs> well, it's going to be good fun, and and also Samuel, there's something special about this episode, and mm. that is that there are three fan fictions. There's three. Yes, three. Well. Did you write two or did you find two? I found two. So here's the reason. I've made it harder, for one, because it's funny. And two, there were just so many good ones for Phoenix Wright. It was an absolute hive of degeneracy and memes. The Phoenix Wright fan fiction. It was literally incredible. Every second fan fiction had something. It was like, you're dating the elderly, handsome Manfred von (laughs) Kama. Or like, or it was like, there was one. It was one. It was like Edgeworth finds Phoenix's cum jar and things oh, like God. this. It was like outrageous. Yeah. Absolutely outrageous. I can I can imagine that actually. In quality and quantity. So we've been a bit sport for choice, which one I thought would be quite funny to do two of them. And two, spice things up, change the order of the fan fictitious podcast a little bit. So this might be a slightly lengthier episode. Yeah, I'll yeah, yeah. I mean, I wish you'd given the harder episode to someone who got it right last time. No. We need to keep up a winning streak, and by winning, I mean me. All right, let's jump straight into it, or not straight, because we've been rather crooked and bent, but we're going to jump into it now to speed things on a little and make sure we're on time, right on time. The first piece I'm going to be reading you today, Samuel, yes, is called The Corain Manifesto. The Corain Manifesto, so like mm. the people of Corain are going for some position in the government or... They're, they're like voting for the leader of Korean. Well, we'll, we'll have to find I out. I thought it was like passed down through the line. Well, we'll have to find out whether it's heredi- hereditary or democratic. Let's go. Phoenix hadn't seen Maya for a few years and was excited to be heading back to Korean and catch up with his old assistant. 
The train rolled in over the verdant mountains, and Phoenix couldn't help but break into a smile when the wooden roofs came into view. It would be nice to see Pearls too. She was probably a little grown up now. Phoenix disembarked the train and took his first steps into the village. There didn't seem to be anyone else getting off, which he thought was a little strange. The train pulled away from the station quite quickly too. He barely had time to pull his luggage out from between the sliding doors. Oh my. Yeah. Was that no one else on the train? Do people usually get off a, a crane? I don't know. A crane doesn't seem to be very big in the games. So I would imagine it's some sort of regional stopping service where not lots of people get off. Mm. But he seems to be disturbed by the fact that nobody did. Maybe that's yeah. the issue. Well, I guess like it look, it's like traditional... It looked quite pretty as he says, like wooden roofs. So I mm-hmm. imagine it would be a bit of a tourist destination. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. You'd so, imagine it'd be quite popular for that reason. It's very like typical Japan looking. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, which so is you, actually atypical for Japan, but it's what like they would want you to think that it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there across the empty station was Maya waving and calling him with a big smile on her face. And now here comes the first totally inappropriate accent. There you go. Hoi, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Phoenix smiled and walked over to his old apprentice. She was wearing the mystic robes he had known so well, except these were a rich red instead of purple. So they're not the robes he knew so well. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> the robes he knew so well. Well, in style, they could look the same. Like, yeah, yeah, but up. like they're pretty plain. They're purple. No, her clothes, are, but they're not like patterned or anything. No, 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 no. So like, it's like if I wore a blue top and then wore a red top the next day and <laughs> everyone's like, you're wearing the same top, that's but a, I'm not. That's a classic Samuel Bellamy top, that is. Just, Just in a different colour. Yeah. New style, Phoenix asked. <laughs> it looks good. <laughs> yeah, Phoenix is a cowboy, by the way. Yeah. In our headcanon. It, it, well, it does say that he went cow tipping once, so. <laughs> Had to happen. Tin, tin, tin. Thanks, Nick. Um, that's just me getting in the <laughs> voice. <laughs> you warming up to be up to Yorkshire. Up to Yorkshire. Thanks, Nick. I'd say the same for you if it were true. Phoenix looked down at his blue suit. Maybe it was a little faded since he wore it every day and didn't really have any other clothes. Has he ever washed it? <laughs> if he doesn't have any other clothes and he's wore it every single day, has he ever washed his blue suit? He can get it dry cleaned. Yeah, but then what's he wearing? No, he's pajamas. I swear there's some sort of like uh, something where he's in like casual clothes at some point. Probably when he becomes a oh yeah when he becomes like a cool unemployed man in the in the later games he's wearing like casual beanie and like a sweatpants and and, yeah. a, and a hoodie. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So maybe just the blue suit's just been been dry cleaned intermittently. Ouch! Good to see you too. They laughed, and Maya led the way out of the out into the center of Karain. There were some mystics roaming around, also in red, and they looked grizzled and much buffer than Phoenix remembered. <laughs> Lots of them were carrying pickaxes and oily tools. Oh my. With dust smeared across their face and soot too. <laughs> some of the younger clan Wait members... a second. <laughs> wait, wait a second. Red. Mm-hmm. Pickaxes and dust smeared. Mm-hmm. Buff. Mm-hmm. Sexy workers. <laughs> Who may or may not have reclaimed the means of production. The Korean Manifesto. I'm beginning to see what this <laughs> might be. Lots of them were carrying pickaxes and oily tools with dust smeared across their face and soot too. Some of the younger clan members just ran about in the shadows like sneaky rats or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Phoenix furrowed his brow. 
My, things seem a little different here than I remember, Phoenix said. Why does everybody look like they work in a coal mine or something? Oh, yeah, that's because they do mostly, Maya grinned. There have been some changes, to be honest, Nick, but only for the better. Working in a coal mine is better, Phoenix frowned. Won't they get lung cancer or something? Oh, they're working for the good of the Korean community, Nick, Maya offered. Personal sacrifice is necessary for communal gain. (laughs) 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 Okay. I, I didn't even know there was a coal mine up there. Well, I guess they've made one, so... <laughs> yeah, you can dig. You can start a coal mine anywhere there's coal. Maybe there's coal in the Korean mountains. Maybe. What? Phoenix stopped walking. Maya, where did you steal that quote from? Well, Nick, Maya started. They had stopped outside the Korean Town Hall, the biggest building in the village. This all started when I came back and started exercising my power as clan chieftain. <laughs> Making them bring me burgers and dressing up as a steel samurai and such, you know... Yeah, that's to be expected from Maya. Yeah, yeah, standard. Nick nodded. He had done these things many times. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see... Like, for Maya or just getting other people... So, like, did Phoenix get other people to do the same things? Or is it saying that he had done those for Maya? I think it's implied that he had done those for Maya, such as getting her burgers and dressing up as the Steel and, Samurai. And dressing up as the Steel Samurai. All right. But then one of them clan members started talking with issue, uh, sorry, taking issue with my orders, with class structure, calling me bourgeoisie and elitist. <laughs> I think she said, what is good for the ruling class is alleged to be good for the whole of society with which ruling class identifies itself. And then said that my burger habits weren't aligned with the actual needs of the Korean working woman. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, that's probably, I could imagine that, yeah, if someone was just making everyone get them burgers and dress up as the Steel Samurai, mm-hmm. there would be issues in that community. There'd be a, a swift uprising. Um, what appears to have happened. Yeah, exactly. From the disgruntled proletariat. The oppressed are allowed once every few years to decide which particular representatives of the oppressing class are to represent and repress them. <laughs> Maya continued. <laughs> Except they weren't even allowed to choose, really. It's all hereditary in Korean, you know. Oh, we lost yeah. the accent a little bit. You there. did. All hereditary in Korean, you know. Well, I mean, hereditary is a hard word. Hereditary in the northern accent's really tough. In any accent, just saying it normally. Yeah. Maya, I don't think you know what you're saying, but it sounds quite violent. Phoenix was starting to sweat a little. Quite aggressive, you know. It's not like you. There is no change with that violence, Nick. Maya smiled her big, goofy smile. The history of all hitherto existing society is the history of class struggles, after all. <laughs> Maya, just like, knowing... Is this um, Karl Marx's book? It's Marx, yeah. Yeah. Maya just knowing that off by heart and quoting it, while also having absolutely no idea what any of it means is amazing. <laughs> That's the power of, of the communist message. Yeah. You just instill great quotes in exactly. individuals and get them to work for the for the social good. But but the thing is like if they don't if they don't know that ultimately what you want is to um well to rise up and take over the working the upper classes, mm-hmm. then like it's all great them knowing the quotes, but they didn't act on it. I guess she has, so it's fine. But. Also, Maya is one of the ruling classes, as made very clear. Yeah, she is she the is. she's like the ruling clan chieftain of Korain. Yeah. So you would think that in the in sort of a true communist world, they would have just killed her. 
Yeah. Well, th- yeah, because violent uprising. But mm. well, also there's a there's a Marx quote that's like, what is it? The last communist we hang is will be the one that sold us the rope or something like that. It's, <laughs> it's very clearly implied that they're like the idea is just to straight up kill the uh, the elitists when yeah, you rise yeah. up and take the means of production. Anyway. Is this fucking communism, Maya? You're a commie? <laughs> Nick grabbed Maya by the shoulders and shook her. Which mystic told you all this? Why, er, of course, Maya pointed up to the doors of the town hall. Nick whipped around and looked. Standing on the steps, moustached and strong, was a girl in red like everyone else. Moustache? <laughs> moustached. Okay. <laughs> Except this girl had weird pretzel hair and was carrying a scythe in her arms. <laughs> Greetings, comrade Nick. Pearl smiled. (laughs) (laughs) It's so nice to see you again. And that is the end of the Korean Manifesto. (laughs) But Pearl is also part of the... I know. The, like, upper classes. Yes. I suppose people from the upper classes can become communists. Yeah, they can. Um, At least it wasn't a violent overthrow. No, it sounds fairly peaceful. It yeah. sounds like it was a spread of ideals rather than physically seizing them. Yeah, an and exchange of information and beliefs rather mm. than um, an exchange of blood. So, you know, that's pretty good. That's positive. Anyway, how would you rate the Korean Manifesto? Um, it was pretty good. It was pretty <laughs> good. I'm going to give it... But I, I, don't think, I don't think it was excellent. Mm. I would like to have seen more, more communism. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, I would give that, I'll give that a, a 6.5. 6.5? Like the villain I am. Mm-hmm. Not a true communist would have given it 10 out of 10. A true yeah. communist would have given it 10 out of 10. I will be hung <laughs> <laughs> when the, the workers retake the means of production. Exactly that. The next piece is called, Does Phoenix Wright is Gay? Yes. <laughs> It's just one word. (laughs) So let us begin with does Phoenix Wright is gay. One day, Phoenix Wright sat in his office. Suddenly, there was a knock on the door. And a few seconds later, a second Phoenix stepped into the room. Who the hell are you? Asked the first Phoenix. I am you, said the second (laughs) Phoenix. Except less gay. (laughs) The first Phoenix blinked. How could that be possible? However, he had more pressing matters to attend to. Want a snack? It was the middle of the night. Phoenix must has nighttime snack. (laughs) 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 The first, um, like, grammar of the title being used in the the (laughs) early days. sets the tone. It's very thematically appropriate. After they both got sandwiches, less gay Phoenix cut straight, ha to the case. <laughs> does it actually say ha Yes, it does. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Is the only difference between us the feelings we have for Edgeworth? <laughs> Phoenix choked on his sandwich. What? I don't have feelings for Edgeworth? Phoenix gasped out after he stopped choking. Well, it sure seems that way to me, replied less gay Phoenix. <laughs> Surely there has to be other differences between us, not just my totally non-existent feelings. They both thought long and hard about what else could possibly be different, but there really was only one conclusion to reach here. Leske Phoenix then says, "But fancy some gla- buy some fancy glasses for him, since you love him. <laughs> Gay Phoenix says, What would that do? That would make me British, and I hate British people. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh 
no. Me too. Yeah. Less gay Phoenix says, I don't know what guys like. I'm less gay. <laughs> gay Phoenix says. I like how they start referring to him as gay Phoenix. Gay Phoenix. <laughs> like, yeah, no, they've just it. fully committed. But they've instantly just attributed it to But him. if he's fully gay, could less gay Phoenix not just be like bi or something? Yeah, he could be gay, but just less on the spectrum. <laughs> if gay Phoenix is 90-10, then less gay Phoenix is like 70-30 or something. Yeah. Still, still gay. <laughs> <laughs> gay Phoenix says, "Indeed, you are less gay. For I want to kill you." <laughs> less gay Phoenix says, "Well, it's true. The British people suck. Maybe I have something else for him." Like what? Gay Phoenix says, "I don't know. What are guys like? Uh, maybe they like it when things are punched and explode. <laughs> like somebody uppercuts a rock and it explodes into a fireball." That sounds. Awesome. That's cool as fuck to me. They have got it. He's got it damn right, Let's Go Phoenix. That is the sort of thing that, that us guys like. Absolutely. Anyone listening out there, uppercutting rocks that explode into fireballs. Hell yes. It just gives me very, you know, RRR vibes, which yeah. is exactly the thing that guys do like. Guys love a bit of very physical, mildly homoerotic, macho masculine action. Oh, yeah. It's very good. Uh, not mildly homoerotic, extremely, extremely. homoerotic. <laughs> Gay Phoenix, what the hell are you talking about? I don't know. I'm just guys like manly things like explosions and muscles. We could start with that. Gay Phoenix, we need to focus on this mission and start worrying about your boyfriend, says Les Gay Nick. What, what mission? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, they're buying something for Edgeworth, of course. No, but he says you're focusing on your boyfriend. We need to focus on our mission. If the mission is buying he's something for his boyfriend, boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's very focused on the mission. Very true, <laughs> said the Les Gay Nick. Since we are technically the same person, maybe we can cause a diversion to confuse the enemy on where we are going to attack. <laughs> the enemy? <laughs> it's an enemy now. <laughs> ah, Narahudo, says Gay Phoenix. <laughs> no more time for puns, Ryuchi. We have to move. Oh, they've given him his, his uh, Japanese, Japanese name. name. Exactly that. Oh. Very confusing. The enemy enters the scene. There's the enemy. Oh, wow. It was the homophobic secretary of the building next door. Holy shit, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Where did this come from? Where did this part of the story come from? It was just like, I'm accusing you of being gay. Yeah. And now it's like, no, there was always an enemy. And it's a big twist. And it's the homophobic <laughs> secretary. Yeah, it sort of implies that the homophobic secretary has been set up before. Yeah. And that them being the villain is some sort of subversion. Yeah, but no, he like literally just imagine that. You sat down and <laughs> yourself walks in, accuses you of loving another man mm -hmm. you then discuss what to buy that man before the homophobic secretary of next door walks in it sounds like they've been your mortal enemy for like all right well how are they going to handle it that's what's really important absolutely gay phoenix was the primary target of the homophobic secretary who could tell the difference immediately based on the heterochromatic eyes less gay phoenix had light blue homophobic eyes <laughs> So less, so people with one deeper blue eyes are um are more gay. Oh no, yeah. And light blue eyes are less, not only less gay but also homophobic. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> the secretary immediately lunged at Gay Phoenix, <laughs> aiming for the throat. Does the secretary have a name? No, <laughs> they're just completely defined by their job. Mm -hmm. 
All of a sudden, mid-lunge, a shiny red sports car zoomed into the scene <laughs> and struck the secretary dead. It was Miles Edgeworth coming to save the gay. <laughs> oh no, no, this whole thing was written for that pun, that wasn't it? Thing, <laughs> that yeah, one pun. For that one it was gag. Miles Edgeworth coming to save the gay. But all good writing is sort of pieced together around one funny joke. Oh yeah. So I'm glad they got it in. <laughs> Miles Edgeworth you know. coming to save the gay. What the fuck, said Les Gay Phoenix, <laughs> stunned by the arrival. Hello, Phoenix, said Miles. Then he and Gay Phoenix started making out. <laughs> <laughs> the end. <laughs> well, that oh, was God. Does Phoenix Wright is gay? Does Phoenix Wright is gay? Mm-hmm. Where did the other Phoenix come from? I have so many questions. Where did the other Phoenix go as well? He didn't go anywhere. Well, he wasn't in the end. We got no closure no, on what he his said, story was. No, he said, didn't he just say, what the fuck? And yeah. then they started making out. Oh. There was no time for him to leave. Well, that's right. He's yeah. still there. That's right. Yeah, sorry. He is still there. So, but where did he come from? An alternate universe he where he's less gay. Why did he need to come? <laughs> yeah, he didn't ultimately actually save Gay Phoenix from anything. Oh, it was no. Miles who did that. It was Miles Edgeworth. <laughs> <laughs> and he was also got homophobic eyes. Yes, indeed. Beautiful. Gorgeous. And so gorgeous that we'll need a review, a rating, a nice score. That's a nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. That is, a, that is a, unbelievable. It was quality. You know, you know how they talk about like the withholding of information mm-hmm. and that like when you read something, you can't answer everything about like a play or a novel or mm-hmm. something because it like keeps the audience engaged. If mm-hmm. you answer everything that didn't answer anything <laughs> and therefore makes you the most engaged you've ever been. <laughs> if you tell them nothing, the people will only leave desperate to know more with questions. Yeah. And there you go. Well, there you go. The next piece, the third piece in this special fan fictitious episode with an unholy uh, number of number of pieces. What's the word I'm looking for? Unholy odd. Trinity. Odd. odd. Unholy Trinity's better actually, because I was just thinking it was an odd number. It is an odd number. <laughs> this piece <laughs> is called Rancid Vibes at Lake at Gord Lake. Not gonna lie. <laughs> not gonna lie. <laughs> It's actually just NGL. Yeah, NGL, I assumed, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Absolutely rancid vibes. Mm -hmm. And here we go. Oh, God. This voice. I think I know who it is. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys. Today we're back again with the 24 Hours of Gord Lake Challenge. I'm here with Nick. Larry turned the phone on to a weary phoenix who gave a sheepish, sheepish wave. If you don't know who Nick is, he's a pretty chill dude, and he totally saved my ass in court once. He defends people for free. Isn't he the best? <laughs> Larry, no. Anyway, <laughs> we're here trying to find Gordy. Apparently, he makes a really loud sound when he emerges, so keep your ears peeled, dudes. And dudettes. Wig. <laughs> oh, no. Phoenix like, was used... Oh, sorry. I like that he's still he's still just as creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the me- mere mention of women. Well, you say still just as creepy, but... This he's coming to try and find Gordy, right? So yeah. this implies that it's within the timeline of the of the first game because they've That's Gordy true, is actually. exposed to not exist. But that also implies that this is this is happening literally during the final case of the third game. Or maybe we're about to find that. Oh, out. Oh, jeez. 
Phoenix was used to Larry's, Larryisms by now, but forcing him out onto Gord Lake at the unholy hour of midnight was peak Larry. And no one escapes peak Larry unscathed. <laughs> <laughs> no one. And no one. My boy. Is it like, I'm at my peak power, man. And then like, gets you. There is no escape. He's like, he's even more, because um, we like based his voice off like trying to do like a slight shaggy I thing. Was, I was doing like a shaggy But thing, more exaggerated yeah. and more strained. Well, the thing is, it didn't start out more exaggerated and strained. Mm. And as we went on doing it, it's like each time I did it, it got more extreme. It got and to the point where I think you you were doing it and you literally couldn't do it. I couldn't do it anymore. anymore. Like, we got to a point doing those where I I was just because I was doing so many voices, uh, I was just ruining my vocal cords every day, and I could barely like speak. And I would try and do him, and it would just be like oh like oh god, horrible times, wheezy as fuck. Yeah, you had to. I had to take over Larry duties. Um, for a bit, yeah. And I'm doing it right now, still. The suffering defense attorney wasn't sure how Larry obtained an audience that would give him money to be Larry. He knew there was some sort of chat present because his friend was babbling to them nonstop. So in this world, is, is Larry just like a Twitch streamer? Yeah, he's a Twitch streamer. <laughs> okay, yeah. cool. Yo, thanks for the 100 bits, Bussy Obliterator 6. <laughs> Message, what if we kissed at Gord Lake? Larry snorts. Yeah, how about it, Nick? <laughs> I'll pass, Phoenix deadpans. Yeah, dudes, the only thing I'm looking for is that gourd ussy. Bang. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the forbidden gourd ussy. The most forbidden of them. If there's going to be a sort of tier list of how forbidden various ussies are, the gourd ussy is going to be right up there. I, yeah, the gourd ussy is one of the most forbidden. <laughs> Unspeakable, really. Anyway, there was a bang. Oh, shit, it's Gordy. <laughs> That's clearly a fucking gunshot, Larry. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> That's in Phoenix's head, so I didn't read it in the accent. Oh, right. I, I see, I see. He wants to run to grab his idiot friend and book it before they're the victims of another goddamn murder. <laughs> They'll never get his hair spikes right in the recreation. Victims of another murder? Yeah. So they've been murdered before. <laughs> Very true. It's like <laughs> maybe this is an afterlife recreation alternate universe thing then, where they already got killed in one of the previous cases. Yeah, they've already been murdered. Someone got them. <laughs> you know those like circles you, um, that people go to to like talk about their trauma and stuff, and they just <laughs> yeah, talk. Sure. And it's like I got murdered. <laughs> I got killed. <laughs> I got my my story is that I was I was caught and murdered. To be fair, there's something you'd need to go and talk to somebody. I about, think I, I think if you were murdered and was still alive, mm. then you should probably talk to someone. I agree. They'll never get his hair spikes right in the recreational parts of the true crime documentary. Nick catches the ship. Uh, Nick's eyes catch the shape of a boat <laughs> through the mist. The scene of the crime. <laughs> Bang! Two Gordies! Larry pauses to read chat. Twice the Gordussy! That's true! <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord. It's I bad. like how chat is not seemingly bothered by the actually no because phoenix never said out loud that was a gunshot yeah, let's get the someone fuck out of here. on the chat <laughs> must have known must that, know that that's a gunshot <laughs> they're still chatting but i guess like if you're watching a twitch stream right yeah. you might be inclined to be like this is part of the bit yeah yeah maybe maybe so you'd just be like you know Sending poggers faces or something. <laughs> It'd be the most Twitch chat thing ever for someone to get like shot on stream and everyone just starts pogging. pogging. Yeah. <laughs> no. 
splash, the silhouette of a body falls into the lake. We got a we got a Larry Larry Brinks Brinks <laughs> Larry, Larry Brinks. blinks then grins. Oh Nick, you scared of those Gordies? Wait, what's the plural of Gordy? Fucking Gordy. Those were bullets, Larry. Oh. Then Larry's phone dies. Dude, my stream. Larry bemoans, <laughs> eyes shining with unshed tears. Unshed. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Let's go home, Nick. This is in Phoenix Wright head again. But yeah, yeah. I'm going to do it in his voice this time. Sure, because your stream ended, not because of the murder that just took place in front of your eyes. God. Well, shouldn't they go to a police station? As it turns out, when the news reaches him, it was Edgeworth on that boat. So they clearly didn't go to the police or anything like that. They just found out later on. Along with Larry, who insisted on tagging along, Phoenix headed down to the detention centre with a ragged Edgeworth inside. He refuses help because Edgeworth's life revolves around how hard he can make things for everyone else around him. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a harsh take on Edgeworth. That is, but I do know a couple people... Who, <laughs> who are that? Who are that? Edgeworth moment. I know a couple Edgeworths. I know a couple people whose whose one job is to make everyone's life as hard as possible. <laughs> I think I saw you on the lake. He informs the prosecutor, whose eyes fly open. His pretty eyes. Edgeworth had said something to him. Fuck. Huh? Right. Asked intelligently. <laughs> You know what? That's a skill to make her sound intelligent. Yeah, it is. It's a skill. (laughs) Particularly if you were like distracted by something and then saying her. Because it's it's, so obvious. Yeah, it's like you were not quite paying attention because your mind was working through the machinations of some deeper plot. You're already five steps ahead, kind of her. How would you even do it? You'd. Huh. No, that's just like <laughs> no. I was thinking more of um, you know, like in sh- in very Sherlocky type media where he's like thinking about stuff and someone's talking to him, like, "Oh, we need to get out of here. Stop, stop thinking about this bigger plot or whatever." And then they're like, the Sherlock in question will come back into frame and be like, "Huh, what?" Like he was thinking. No, but that's like five a sudden, steps like, ahead huh, of the plot. What? Like, yeah. um, I don't think Phoenix did that anyway. <laughs> it was intelligent though. I said, right? Why were you at Gord Lake? We were looking for Gordy, duh. Edgeworth turns to that. <laughs> and all Edgeworth, that intelligence uh, yeah, is gone. <laughs> Edgeworth turned to Larry, who been, he'd been diligently ignoring, and then back to Phoenix. I'm going to prison, he wheezed. <laughs> Finn. <laughs> I'm going to prison. <laughs> well, Samuel... Let's have a, a review of our final piece for today. Um, oh, rancid was... vibes at Lake Gord, at Gord Lake, not going to lie. I mean, I guess they were rancid vibes, but I feel like it wasn't really it wasn't really about the vibes. No. It was just like someone got murdered, which well, is rancid vibes. Well, it was just the setup for the for the, the trial in the third um, chapter of the first yeah, game. Yeah. But, but with Phoenix in a different context because he was fucking there. He was there, which <laughs> makes it very different. Yeah, he does, also but... should have gone straight to the police. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also means Larry's involved. Well, the police would totally... I guess he's involved anyway, but... The police would totally find this, the Twitch stream and have some questions to ask about why oh, they yeah, didn't bring 100%. it to the, to the relevant authorities. <laughs> it seemed like there were like at least some people on that Twitch stream. Yeah. So like, yeah, it would be found. <laughs> Yeah, there was, there was all about that, all about that bussy 06 or whatever this guy's name was. Oh yeah, Twitch, Twitch streamer, no, Twitch chatter. Well, anyway, give it a nice review out of ten. I'll give it, I'll give it, 
I'll give it a, a five and a half out of ten. Five and a half? Because right. it, it, like, the whole setup was so that they would go meet Edgeworth and mm-hmm. then Edgeworth would be like, I'm, oh no, I'm going to die. Yeah. For, because I think they have the death sentence in that game. But, um, <laughs> Like that bit was so short. <laughs> I, well, <laughs> yeah, I, like... think, I think it was more of just a contextual excuse to get in Larry as a Twitch streamer. Yeah, and yeah. various ussy jokes in there. Uh, yeah, with with just Gordussy <laughs> stuck in there. Right, Samuel. Here yes. comes the crux of the show, the most important task, the pinnacle of why we're even here, why we're even talking, why we do this, and why anybody listens. Which one was mine and which one were ones I found ones I found on the internet? Well, you've made it harder. Mm-hmm. Just by adding in an extra one. You've added in an extra one. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to go with my initial thought, mm-hmm. which was your one is... Actually, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> the doubt creeps in. And this is where, ladies and gentlemen, we get him. I'm going to say yours is... I am going to go with my initial thought. Yours is, does Phoenix Wright is gay? Does Phoenix Wright is gay? Does he? Does he? Is he? Was me? The answer will be revealed in three, two. Unfortunately, Sam, you are wrong. For the second time, (sighs) you've lost. Mine was the Korean Manifesto. The Korean Manifesto. Yes. Does Phoenix Wright is gay? Does Phoenix Wright is gay? I have multiple people, I think, it had a couple different writers. Oh, wow. On Archive of Our Own. Thanks to Cat Cow. I don't know what username to choose. Mule <laughs> Pin Pin Pinny, Rehan Wonderland, and Upside Down Mouse. <laughs> I don't know what username to choose. <laughs> Who all collaborated on Does Phoenix Wright is Gay? By person. Mm-hmm. And Rancid Vibes at Lake Gord, not gonna lie, was written by Wright Inator. Wright Inator? Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Yeah, Wright Inator. You just couldn't stand those rancid vibes. No, no chance. Well, thanks for playing, Sam, and losing. It, it ups my numbers whenever we get you on the show. It makes me look better. Better hider, a sneakier operator within the shadows of fan fiction. Well, I'm going to go off and, and just cry. <laughs> and that was Phoenix Wright. I, I kind of want to do a Phoenix Wright one again at some time because there were some utterly outrageous ones out there. So maybe we'll do like a, uh, a fan fictitious after dark. And read some of the the more oh, sexier ones because there's lots of those. Would you write one though? Yeah, why not? Sure. <laughs> You've okay. got to get down on some Phoenix Edge Boy, Lover Boy fan fiction at some point. You just know that every single one is Phoenix and Edgeworth though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thanks everybody for listening to this slightly, possibly extended edition of the Fan Fictitious podcast. Um, if you want some Gordussy, be sure to. Leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us on Spotify and do all those other fun things. You can email us at fanfictitiouspodcast at gmail.com or you can at me on Twitter and I'll probably respond because we've got no followers. Yeah. Also, I upload memes there at fan underscore fictitious on Twitter. This is dragging on. You don't care. Um, no one is still there. <laughs> no. Give me some bits. Subscribe to Twitch. Uh, bye. I love that lime. I'm just going to cut it off and eat it.